This program contains adult language and is intended for a mature audience. This is Feedback, a Q6 audio production. Written by Kevin Shea, directed and edited by Jill Harper, executive producer Christine Groom. Previously on Feedback, Akbar, an employee at Ring Wireless, begins an investigation into the private lives of Val and Marty, who hail from his family's West Toronto neighborhood. The more time he spends talking to them, the more Akbar senses that something is deeply wrong. Some kind of rot is eating away at their otherwise privileged lives. Akbar always suspected that something menacing lurked behind the white suburban facade he grew up around, and now he wonders if, with a little creativity, he can push Val and Marty to reveal it. Chapter 6. Performance. So, so, so Bradley never explained why he moved out? Never. He just stopped coming home one day. And you have no idea why? Well, it could be a few things. Oh, Marty, would you get that? What is it? It's a delivery. All right. I need your signature. Uh, can you sign for Val, it? Will you come and talk to the man? Oh, Akbar, I'm going to have to put you down. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm coming. When idle, Akbar's mind turns to his drag act. The pressure to debut new outfits, choreography, and fresh patter is constant. Sitting at his corner desk in a windowless room, he leans back in his chair, closes his eyes, and the inside of his mind becomes a smoky club, packed with fans waiting for the only headliner that ever plays. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Tina Maria LeBaudet. I'm okay. Oh, Jesus. God damn it. The water tank wasn't supposed to be brought out until act two. These boots are suede, you idiots. Is this a chicken coop? Tabernak. Can we get a mop on stage? And a broom and a vacuum for the broken glass. Don't worry, I'm fine. Totally fine. I'm actually better than fine. <clears throat> I'm ready. Francois! Let's hear it for Francois on the CD player. I'm chuffed to be here. I almost didn't make it tonight, it's true. The babysitter canceled at the last minute, and so I called my sister, and I called my cousin, and I called the lady who lives downstairs. Ladies and gentlemen, I even called my husband, and none of them were available to replace her. And I didn't know what to do. Torn between my beautiful boy and you, my fans. I swear I had a moment when I thought all is lost. All is lost. But then I remembered someone who owed me a favor. An old childhood friend. She grew up just down the street from me until she was whisked away to fame and fortune. While I wild away in dingy clubs like this. Playing for people like you. And I called this old friend and she cancelled all her plans and got on her plane and flew here from Las Vegas to watch my son so that I could be here 
with you. And now, my sweeties, I will sing to you one of her songs as a tribute. Let's hear it again for Francois on the CD player. Every night on my knees I cradle and stroke you. Louis, this is my number. That is how I blow you till dawn. Sing with me, darling. Fuck off. Bears, twinks, whatever your kinks. Sorry about that. Hmm? Oh, uh, it's no problem at all. I ordered these supplements mm -hmm. from Florida. They make you pay these duty fees. Anyway, oh, what was I saying? The one consistent piece of feedback Akbar received in his quarterly review was that he took too long with his calls. If he had taken this feedback to heart, he would try and wrap up the conversation now. But Akbar knows that bringing up the remaining $18 in overage charges would shatter the trust he has established. He also feels he is, at last, close to discovering the root of Val's trauma. You said Bradley never had a relationship. Not that I know of. He was awkward. I know that's not a nice thing to say, but the only friend of his I ever met was Andy. And Andy was a very strange boy. I went over to his house and tried to have a conversation with his mother, and I told her how happy I was that our children were friends. And she just kind of looked at me, like... <laughs> Okay, then. Sorry, this was after he'd moved out? Before. Right. And then once he left, I tried going over again to try and talk with him and understand. But Andy answered the door and told me he didn't want to speak to me. And then he closed the door in my face. I knocked and knocked, and he just turned up the music in the house until I left. Marty said he would come back eventually if we let him be, but I couldn't resist calling him. And when I could get him on the phone, he was distant, like I was a stranger. It was like, it was like the life had drained out of him. And the only times he did call us was when he needed money, which, of course, we always gave to him. I never hesitated, even though Marty told me not to. And I don't even know what he needed it for. But then in the last few years, he never answered. And I just, I sort of stopped trying. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I just wanted to have some kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, with my friends, they meet their children's partners. They all have dinner together. Yeah. They're like a family, and it gives them something to think about. Because when your child moves out, it can feel empty. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know how awful it is to have someone in your life one day, and then they're, they're just gone. Who was that for you? Oh, I guess my, uh, my ex-boyfriend. He just left, did he? Uh... No, no, I ended things, but it was very jarring. Just a brutal thing to go through, like like pushing someone you love off a cliff. Oh, dear. What did he do to deserve that? You know, it's ancient history at this point. Hmm. Are you seeing anyone now? Me? No. Oh, sort of. <clears throat> no. I know that song and dance. What's his name? Lewis. And is he someone you just met, or...? Um... He's my ex. The one you pushed off the cliff? Yeah. That doesn't sound like ancient history to me. I thought it was. But, then? We ran into each other last night. Mm. Well, you know, that's kind of like Marty and I. We knew each other in high school, and then years later we ran into each other in the grocery store, and now here we are, still married. Oh, uh, yeah? 
why did you and Lewis break up? Um... Come on now, I've spilled my guts to you. He cheated on me. Oh no. Oh dear. I don't know the details, but I, I think it was with someone else from the community. The Pakistani community? No, the drag community. Ah, uh, okay. You know, I grew up in Etobicoke. Most of my friends are not, like, recent immigrants. Oh, okay. I understand. I mean, Lewis is the only immigrant in my social circle. Is Lewis's English name? The Chinese do that. Lewis is English. And Dutch, I think. Oh, so you're an interracial gay couple. We were a couple. Well, I think that's just great. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not? Why not what? Have interracial gay couples. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, good. You know, one of the things I liked about Lewis was that he didn't make a big thing out of me being brown. Oh, okay, okay. You'd rather not talk about no, it. No, it's just... I shouldn't I... have mentioned it. You know, Marty says he doesn't even see skin color, but I can't help it. I do see it. It's right there on the surface. No question. And I'm sorry, but it seems really weird not to acknowledge it. I actually completely agree with you. I mean, you do? Yeah, I think skin color exists, and we shouldn't pretend it doesn't. Oh, good. You hear that, Marty? What? Akbar says there's no use pretending skin color doesn't exist. What? Here, tell Marty, because we fight about this all the time. Take it. Take the phone. I don't want to. Take the phone, Marty. I'm putting Marty on. Yes? Hello? Hi there. So, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to, um, these kinds of conversations... I just don't see the point in making a big fuss over it. I mean, if we just minded our own business more... You wouldn't have these problems. Uh-huh. Well, fair enough. I mean, it's uncomfortable for everyone, and and, and, and I, I, I really don't want to think about it. Right. I, I'm fine with the other races. I mean, I work with all kinds of guys, and they and they were good guys, well, most of them, but it, it gets made into such a thing. I mean, everyone wants to talk about it now, and, and, and I'm not against people having their own culture, but we were here first. It is our country. This is the worst-case scenario for a work call and the last position Akbar wants to be in. He has spent most of his life largely indifferent to his identity as a second-generation immigrant. Even after 9-11, when strangers cooled against him, he just wasn't comfortable talking about it. It's only recently, as protest movements went online and spread across his news feeds, that he's begun thinking seriously and, on occasion, talking about his identity as a queer brown Canadian. But this is not the context to try and have that conversation. In the past, Akbar would have simply agreed vaguely and moved on, but he increasingly feels he does have to stand up against white supremacy, even at work. <clears throat> it's, um, it's a complicated issue. And I think ultimately there's going to need to be some, some compromise if we're going to live in a multicultural society. And, um, you know, for people of, of, um, of color. Akbar is still getting comfortable with the language. <clears throat> for, for racialized people of color and, and black and indigenous, uh, indigenous communities. We're all just, um, we're all just asking for the same basic rights and, um, and, and fairness. Uh-huh. Well, I'm all about rights and fairness. Well, good. Me too. But isn't the fairest thing to just ignore it? 
I mean, I'm talking to you. I don't care if you're Chinese or Brazilian or, or whatever, Belgian. Yeah, 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 and no one wants to be defined by it. But also, it does affect you. You know, personally, I've had some, some, some pretty bad experiences at the airport. And, and just being made to feel like you're you're different all the time that 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 takes a toll, and there are people that have it worse than me. There are people that are afraid for their lives. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been a, an interesting discussion. Yeah. Okay. Sorry if I offended you. I'm just sorry you cut out. I'm just tired and. Um... You're sure. You sound like a good kid. I'll uh, give you back to Val. It had gone about as well as it could have. But Akbar feels like both of them have been cast in roles neither of them have any interest playing. Akbar gets no pleasure from trying to educate white people. And Martin seems like a man trapped in a culture of resentment he doesn't even fully understand. It all feels like a performance and a mediocre one. But it has the effect of making Akbar sympathize with Val. Being married to someone like Martin must not be easy. Hello, Akbar? Hi, Val. So I've been thinking about it, and I think you did the right thing, breaking up with Lewis. Oh, okay. You have to have trust in a relationship. Right? And a violation like that, it's a big deal. Thank you. And if he's unwilling to apologize and make it right, then good riddance to him. Yeah, yeah. mm, He did apologize, but, but, but... Oh. Mm, You know, Marty and I have been married for 41 years, and... We've had our share of problems, and you have to be able to forgive. You have to, if the person owns up to it. I mean, I haven't been perfect, but Marty stuck with me. Yeah, but to cheat in the first place. You just can't expect people to be perfect, Akbar. They get stuck in ruts. They act out. It happens. And it's not always the cheater's fault. There are other causes sometimes. Right. Have you thought about why he acted out? What maybe he wasn't getting? Did you pull away? Did you detach from the relationship? You mentioned you have a hard time with vulnerability. Look, Val, I am the victim here. Oh, I don't think the victim mentality is healthy. Both people in a relationship need to take responsibility for what happens. He had one foot out the door. He asked if we could open up the relationship. He's a bigamist. Um, a a polyamorous. Poly what? Polyamory? Hmm, I don't know it. Have you heard of an open marriage? Like swingers? Like wife swapping? Like, um, like... You know, it doesn't matter. He didn't want to be monogamous. Is this a gay thing? No. Often it is. Well, I don't know what goes on with bathhouses and cruising in the park and all that, but if you want to be monogamous with him, you should just tell him. You know, maybe if things had felt good with us, I would have been open to it, but he he was acting super shady. I think it was pretty clear he was looking for an exit strategy. Maybe he didn't feel like you were really there for him. Were you really there for him? Val, yes. (laughs) Yes, I think so. I've only had the one husband, so all I can say to you is that sometimes you don't realize you've been pulling away until you've gone off the deep end. That's something I've experienced. And you feel completely alone and, and disconnected. Makes you desperate. And it makes you think and do all kinds of things you'd never imagined yourself capable of. But also, there's always a way back if you love each other. 
Akbar has spent the last two years believing he had every right to end things with Lewis. And he wasn't about to change his mind because of some customer. Do you love him? I don't know. I don't know is worth another chance. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to listen to me. I'm just telling you what I think. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. You just, you don't really know anything about me. Okay, Akbar, okay. But I'm trying to understand. I'm sorry if it comes off as nosy, but it seems to me like you're troubled. That's just the impression I get. And when I speak to a troubled young man, I can't help but think of my own son and his troubles. And if there's something I can do to help, I just have to try. I couldn't live with myself if I didn't try. But I'll stop. If you want me to, just say the word, and I'll stop. There's something there. A need to play mother that Akbar finds both intriguing and a little repulsive. He senses that if he keeps tugging at this thread, the mystery at the heart of her anguish will be revealed. And after dredging up his feelings about Lewis, Akbar is desperate for a distraction. That's when inspiration strikes. You mentioned your son again. Is there something you would say to Bradley if you, if you had the chance? Oh, God. I've thought about that, to be honest. But it's so hard if you can't even get a hold of him. He's not the most receptive person. I can tell you miss him, and that there's a lot of emotion built up inside you. There is. And I wonder, um... What? Well, I have an idea. What is it? What if you tried speaking to me as if I were Bradley? What do you mean? Like, just to get it out, to say what you've been wanting to say. It it, it could be therapeutic. You want to do a role play? You need to get this stuff out of your system, that's obvious. And sometimes it's easier to do that with someone who isn't in the situation with you. Oh, I I don't know. If it feels bad, we can stop. Right. What have you got to lose? I don't know. It's, um, okay. Uh, uh, okay. How how do you want to start? Mom? Oh, just like that? Is that you, Mom? It's me. Oh, okay, um... Uh, maybe this isn't, I'm, I'm... Should I stop? I don't know. We, we, we don't have to. No, 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 go, go ahead, I'm ready. Mom? Are you there? Talk to me. Bradley? Bradley, is that you? Feedback was written by Kevin Shea, directed and edited by Jill Harper, with music by Bram Geelan, and sound design and mastering by Tim Lindsay. Featuring performances by Nadine Baba, David Coomber, Caitlin Driscoll, Rosemary Dunsmore, Kasim Khan, Tom McCamus, Nkasi Ogbana, Ben Sanders, Jonathan Tan, and Connor Thompson. Christine Groom was the executive producer for Q6 Audio Productions. Feedback was made possible through the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Recording took place at Eggplant Studios in Toronto, Canada. Jack Rudy was our audio engineer and Mike Ronan was our producer at Eggplant. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review, share, or tell a friend. Q6 is a not-for-profit organization. If you want to support future projects, check out our website at q6.ca. That's cue6.ca to see what we have coming up and hit the donate button.